Well, good evening, church, and thanks for joining us for our Sunday night service. We still do it, albeit online. And we're in the middle of a series called Soul Food, the things you need to know about your Bible, how we got it, how to get the most out of it. And it's that second part that we've started in on tonight, how God's word does its work. Second Timothy chapter three, verses 13 through 17. Get a Bible and let's read these words together. Second Peter 3.13, while evil people and imposters will go on from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. I think those two always go together when there's, when there's that outward work of trying to deceive. Um, inwardly, you come to believe the false direction of your heart. So at first it's just deceiving others and then ultimately you come to believe the lie, you participate in it. So deceiving, being deceived, maybe being deceived in the sense of thinking it won't matter, there won't be judgment, that kind of self-deception can easily creep in. 14, now the contrast. But as for you, Paul to Timothy, but as for you, continue in what you have learned and have firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it. And how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. We're going to look at all of those things in time in this series. 17, that the man of God or woman of God may be competent, equipped for every good work. So we've seen, we're looking at two sources of strength and power, the power of a good example and the power of the word. And we've been looking at the power of a good example these last couple of weeks. Paul's concern in this text is obvious. Things are going to go from bad to worse. And there's this underground tendency in all of our hearts, I guess, to, to maybe just carelessly allow our lives to be hollowed out by bad examples rather than good. That, that's why Paul in verse 13 reminds Timothy that the bad are only going to get worse and worse. They tend toward destruction. So, so bad people are essentially weak people. They've, they've reached their state, their condition by, by taking the path of least resistance. The wrong crowd has influenced them and will always will always tempt you to think you're out to lunch if you don't follow in their path. That's what pulls people into bad examples. There's always tremendous pressure to conform to the wrong spiritual shape in this world. And Paul says, Timothy and all who want to be godly have to resist that pressure of bad examples. And so Paul tells Timothy, follow my example, my way of life. My purpose, look to that, follow it. Of course, Jesus, Jesus talked about how bad examples and how good examples, bad examples are so easy to follow, good examples so hard to follow. He said that in Matthew 7, 13 and 14. Jesus says, enter, enter by the narrow gate. Now there's a contrast. For the gate is wide, and the way is 
easy that leads to destruction. That's where all these bad examples are going. Don't kid yourself, Jesus says. The gate is wide. The way is easy that leads to destruction. And those who enter by it are many. Piles of people. That's the crowded one. For the gate is narrow and the way is hard that leads to life. And those who find it are few. Many on the broad path, few on the narrow path. So the wide gate, Jesus says, the path of least resistance, that's He's not talking about two roads. He's talking about this world, the, the cultural influence of this world. He says it's easy. It accommodates everybody. It applauds everybody, but it only leads to destruction. You don't see that right away. The only entry point into real life, eternal life, Jesus said, is a narrow gate. Fewer people take it. So in other words, and this is unbelievably important, If you judge the value of a lifestyle by its acceptance and popularity, by the number of people embracing it, you will make terrible mistakes that will cost you your soul. There. In this world, the general rule of thumb for spiritual safety is start with a natural suspicion of the direction of the crowd. Choose the narrow path. And so Paul tells Timothy to seek out and cling to, passionately seek out and cling to good examples. Don't don't just go mindlessly with the applauded values of the surrounding culture. The power of a great example, while not sufficient in and of itself, it's a tremendous boost to godliness. And now we're ready to move into, I said there were these two sources of of Christian strength and power, the power of a good example and the power of the word. And now we're starting into the power of the word of God. And I love just reading verse 17. It seems to be the goal of this whole passage, that the man and woman of God may be competent and equipped for every good work. I don't know about you, but whenever someone promises this result, becoming a man of God, I'm interested right away. Paul is telling Timothy that there's a way to be a man of God. There's a way to be a woman of God. Even in perilous times, when everything else is getting bad and getting worse, and most people are headed toward destruction, there is still a way to be a man and woman of God, even in perilous times. So there's a way for a young person, Timothy probably still in his teens, late teens, There's a way for a young person to rise above the environment. I want to be a man of God because those are the very words used to describe Moses and David and Elijah. You can be a man of God. You can be a woman of God. Now, if you're like me, there's also something else that starts to bubble up in your heart. Maybe you start to say, well, that's nice. But God, I think you might have the wrong purpose, person. I'm, I'm just not, I'm not really in that league. And maybe you're not, not yet. But, but that's the whole point of this text. God has given something very powerful. God has given a divine instrument. In addition to the power of a good example, a divine instrument to make you into something you can't even imagine yet. 
Please hear that. I don't care how messed up your life is right now. I don't care how hopeless you think your future is. God has this way, a plan, and an instrument to perform his will in your life. God wants to use his word in your life, not just as an instrument for imparting information, but as a powerful tool for transformation into godliness. Okay, point number one. Paul wants to drive Timothy to look again more deeply at something he already knows, that's important, but needs to rediscover on a deeper level. You can see it so clearly stated in chapter 3, verses 14 and 15. Look at it. But as for you, Timothy, continue in, continue, he's not changing, continue in what you have learned, past tense, and have firmly believed, past tense, knowing from whom you learned it, and how from childhood, still going back, you have been acquainted with the sacred writings. Now, if Timothy's childhood, that would have been the, the, 24 books of the Jewish scriptures, which strangely, Paul says, are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. This is Paul's way of saying that. That's what they were doing. They were all pointing to Jesus. Timothy, you know that. I hope I can maybe put some fresh sparkle on those old words. I already pointed out some of the dangers Paul said the church would face in increasing measure of the last days drew near. One of them is flagged in this letter. It's right in the third verse of 2 Timothy 4. Paul says, do you see it in your Bible there? 2 Timothy 4, 3. For the time is coming when people, people will not endure sound teaching. Not interested. They're, they're still going to be in church. But teaching's a lot of work. They'll not endure. Notice that verb. They'll not endure sound teaching, but having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers. They'll still want teachers, but to suit their own passions, their tastes, their inclinations, their desires. Timothy, Paul says, people will always want something more flashy than just continuing in what they've learned. People will always think that something more is needed if they're really going to be powerfully alive in Christ. People will always think something is Something deeper is needed if they're really to be set free from the bondage of habit and sin. Like you, I've been around long enough to see that Paul was right. That The hardest thing to do is just continue. And that's, that's the word Paul uses. Continue in what you have learned. And so Paul calls all of us freshly not to something new, but back to something very old. Freshly back to the Scripture. I know we all believe the Scriptures. I know we all revere the Scriptures. God's infallible Word inspired. All of that. But I don't mean that. I, I, I mean we're to be reawakened. Paul wants us reawakened in our hearts to uh, embracing and valuing the Scriptures as God's primary means of making us what he wants us to be. Where did Paul get this idea? Well, he didn't just make it up. 
Paul got this idea about the word, the transforming power of getting back to the word. He got this truth from Jesus Christ, God the Son. Jesus, think about this, he made continuing in his word the single sole ingredient to being his disciple and living a life free of bondage to sin. Those two things. He did it in John chapter 8, 31 and 32. So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed in him, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples. You will know the truth. Look, here's the result. The truth will set you free. So, so we need to hear this plea from, from the Lord of the church, the shepherd of the church. Never have anything to do with any teaching that makes holiness more complicated than rooting, abiding, obeying, treasuring the word. That's what Paul is calling Timothy, a pastor. That's what Paul is calling Timothy back to in this passage. I, I think he feels he has to do that. Here's why. We, we rarely take for granted brand new ideas. Very rarely. But we frequently take for granted very old ones. So, so more spiritual power apparently is lost by neglect than by rebellion. I get that Hebrews 2.1. Therefore, we must pay much Closer attention to what we have heard. Does that sound exactly like Paul to Timothy? We must pay much closer attention, paying attention to what we have heard, lest we, here it is, drift from it. So it's a searching kind of a thing. I don't mean it to be condemning. I mean it to be searching. How much time have you spent in the Word this week? Or maybe putting it differently, if somebody clocked your time, uh, measured the moments from when you rise to when you go to bed, what, what would they see in terms of when you feed your soul with the Scriptures? So, so if someone just watched your routine throughout the day, would they get the impression that you looked at the ingestion of the Word as being just the most cherished thing in your Christian walk? I think, I think God will use our smartphones and our social media accounts and our video games. God will use them all as evidence against us that our lack of depth and growth in his word wasn't due to a lack of time. So that's the issue of passion and hunger for the word that Paul wants to keep burning in young Pastor Timothy's life. Just, just keep going, Timothy. You know what you've learned. Abide in it. Continue with it. Think about it more and more and more. Just keep on in the Word. Let all the distractions just roll by. Don't let the passing of time numb your mind to how crucial it is, this Word, the things you know, how crucial it is, in the, the forming of a man of God or a woman of God. There's no other way, Paul would say, there's no other way to get there, Timothy. Motive is everything. 
You and I will dig into the word more if we remember why we are called to do it in in the first place. There's this sense of calling, a man of God, a woman of God. That has to be in, in the mind's eye so it doesn't turn into just a dry routine. Remember the famous Peanuts cartoon? Snoopy has to come to terms with this whole idea of purpose. Linus has just thrown the stick. Snoopy's just about to run after it. And then he pauses, and in this meditative moment, Snoopy stops, he sits, and in a burst of revelation says, I want people to have more to say about me after I'm gone than he was a nice guy. He ran around chasing sticks. Don't live your life chasing sticks. That there's a purpose to life and there's a process to getting there. The goal is to make you godly, a man or a woman of God. It's possible. That's the goal. In the next few weeks, we're going to look more and more specifically at the process, the divine activity through the scriptures to produce godliness. First, though, Paul gives two general blessings. This is how we're going to wrap up. Two general blessings coming to those who will just continue in the word. So it's point number two. Only the scriptures can make us wise unto salvation. I get that in chapter 3, verses 14 and 15. But as for you, Paul says, continue in what you have learned and have firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it, and how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings. And then here's the part, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. So so maybe Paul is thinking back to the psalmist who said, the testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple, Psalm 19, 7. No person is wise who misses out on what's most important. There's knowledge aplenty to be gained from everywhere. You can Google everything you want. But Paul says to Timothy, you need, you need to stay in the word because only the scriptures can steer your heart in the direction of Christ and salvation. I mean, your, your five senses can inform you of your world, current events, the philosophies of the day, how to make money, but it takes revelation in the word to lead you to Jesus Christ and life eternal. These things are too important to be guessed about. You need, you need revelation. And here's the thing. Stay in the word because our minds don't naturally maintain devotion to things unseen. Not on their own. They need help. We need, we need the word of God to sort of prime our appetites, to shape our affections. We, we, we get earthbound so easily. Jesus said you can gain the whole world. That's what he meant. And lose your soul. So only the scriptures can make you wise for salvation. Things eternal. That's the first thing, the big principle Paul makes. And then there's the second one, point number three. Only the scriptures can make our lives profitable in the truest sense. You see it in 
in that 316, 2 Timothy 316, all scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness. I think you have to kind of catch Paul's heart here. Soon he won't see Timothy anymore. Paul's going to be executed soon. He loves Timothy. He's obviously concerned about Timothy. He says perilous times are coming. He tells Timothy that. And they're here for you and they're here for me too. And so naturally, Paul wants to leave his his very best advice for Timothy. So from prison cell, Paul scratches out his final words. Timothy, I know you are educated in the scriptures. I know you've studied them since you were a kid. He says that. But, but Timothy, remember those scriptures. You've known them for so long. Now you're pastoring a church. Timothy, remember those scriptures are still profitable for you. Don't underestimate their value just because you've known them for a long time. See, that's the danger. They will work in your situation. You will be fine without me, Paul would say, as long as you have them, the scriptures. And to hook Timothy's attention, Paul uses that little word. We know it, prophet. Prophet is what makes the world go around. Prophet is what you have left over after your obligations and commitments. Prophet is the surplus, the gain, the inflow that's greater than the outflow. I mean, everybody's interested in profit. We don't want to face the demands of life with bare cupboards. We want to thrive. We want to feel there are resources for each situation. We want to multiply our lives in fruitfulness. Paul tells Timothy this word here, right here. Timothy, the ones, the stuff you already know. It's very easy to forget how profitable it still is. Profit. Profit in your soul. Profit in your prayer life. Profit in your marriage. Profit in your work. Profit in your relationships. Profit in your walk with Jesus. Paul says, Timothy, this word that you know, stay with it. Just stay with exactly the same word. But as you do, don't treat it as common just because you've known it for a long time. Remember how profitable it still is. Only the word, the word ingested, the word memorized, the word continued in, the word obeyed with prayerful repentance and diligence. Only that word can bring profit into your life. And so... The two great agents for spiritual transformation, they're still the same. A great example. Find a great example or you'll drift after a crummy one. The broad road leads to destruction. That's where everybody's going. Everybody's on that road and they will applaud your presence. Pick the narrow road. Find the godly example. And the word. You've known it for a long time. Never forget it's still profitable. The example, the word, 
Next week, we're really going to get into the process, the way the word brings profit into all of life. Let's pray. It's a great text, your word. We, we, we love it. We treasure it. Help us, Father, to sense that it's, it's, you want to use this all the time to change my life. And so keep us as a church, corporately, individually, keep us as CDV Community Church. We just want to be anchored in your word. That's just all we want. We want to be anchored in your word. Let it be living bread in our souls, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Don't forget to join us Wednesday, 7 o'clock, our very last study in uh, Mark, focusing on Christ through the lens of Mark's gospel. It'll be part 34. We'll finish up that book, and then something completely different that you'll see on Wednesday nights. God bless the church. Join us for our prayer time.